0: Well, I I know we got some new faces in, so good morning, everybody. Everybody doing all right this morning? Amen. 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 God is good. Uh, My name is Casey. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, This is my beautiful, awesome, hot-smoking wife, Judy. Um, Sorry. Too much already?
1: We're already off on a bad start here. Thank 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 you. Thank you,
0: you know that's your. you know that's one of your one of somebody in your disciple group she's telling you she's trying to trying to run you through a learning circle I'm just saying so we learned about learning circles last week well my uh, again we've got let me let me do a couple of quick announcements so if you guys know we're in this series um called devoted and we're looking at the early church in acts and we're looking at what it what they did and not just what they did but what their heart was like and so um, and so I want to kind of be thinking about what that looks like Because uh, let me read Acts 2 to us I don't know if we have it up on the screen or not I don't think we do, which is fine So if you would, just uh, just listen to the words If it's not up there, that's fine um, Acts two forty two through 47 has been our, our pivotal verse this whole week And it says, they, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching And to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to prayer and so these people had great favor with the community, had great favor with the city. So that's what it says. They, they, had, they were enjoying the favor of all the people. Not because they were, they were you know, had a great Sunday morning service or anything, which we do, and I'm proud of that. I love the fact that we get to come in here and worship and listen to outstanding music and have great fellowship. I love that. But that's not what got them the favor among the people. What got them the favor among the people is their glad and sincere hearts their desire to serve other people. And we have some opportunities to do that. Um, man, October 31st, we have something called Trunk or Treat. If you guys don't know about that yet, we have a sign-up sheet that's uh, out in the back. It's going to be from 6.30 to 8.30. We're going to be from 6.30 to 8 o'clock. We're going to be doing some really cool stuff. We expect a lot of people. The last couple of years we've had, we've had a ton of folks come through here. And here's what the challenge is that I have for us, is, is like the church in Acts uh, 2,000 years ago, um, I want people to see... Not a great Halloween service or a great time or great crafts or great candy, because kids are going to love that anyway, right? What I want them to see is God in us. Amen? I want them to see, see a glad and sincere hearts. So not only do we love God, we love one another and love them, right, as they come in. They're going to be people that are going to need to know God. And that's our, man, we want to pursue that community, our community, with Great, great, uh, great fervor. Uh, in your bulletins, we've got a cup got some something called parent cues. This is a great way for parents to help disciple their children. Um, and it's just you got just a sample in there. Uh, if you're interested in knowing more about this, what the like how to engage your kids throughout the week and what they're learning in Kid City, uh, check out the parent table downstairs, and it's got some parent cues on that. Now uh, we also have something called we recognize. You know we have a, we are a discipling church. Uh, as a matter of fact. Uh, I know this is going to sound weird, but Richard and Nancy Hole are in the house. Are you kidding me? Uh, Richard and Nancy Hole were here, uh, oh, goodness, man, um, for, for years. And when the church had died, and we, and, and they, helped, they helped us. They were like part of, the, part of the original team to help us start the church again and relaunch the church. And we're, we're now about 200 people every Sunday. So, you know, it's just an amazing thing, to, but, but thank you guys. And so we went through discipling together. Um, and, and one of the things that Richard and Nancy said when they went through discipling is like why didn't we know this 40 years ago right? why, why, why are we just learning how to actually, what, what discipling actually means 30, you know, 40 years ago and so what we're recognizing is that, that there are some people that need to kind of get some foundations before they go into discipling and we've got something called City Blocks which is kind of the foundation of our faith if you will and it starts November 7th that's in your bulletin as well and so it's all about abiding all about abiding like remaining, what we've been harping on for the last month, month and a half, like, like, what does it look like for a group and a body of believers to actually remain in the vine of Christ, man, so that we can do what God wants us to do, and then next weekend, we've got the Baldwin Maple Leaf Festival, if anybody wants to help out with that, we've got quite a few people volunteering for that, so let's get into the, get into the message, if you will, and we'll talk a little bit, Um, we're going to do something weird, though, and we've already gotten a couple of, a couple of of texts, I'm going to be checking my phone every once in a while, um, if you want, um, there's going to be a number up here. You can text a question to us. We're going to talk for a few minutes and then open up for text questions that have already come through. I'm going to answer a few that have already come through. and um, But we want to kind of just, just be ready for that, and we want to do that. So um, I'm going to hand it over to Judy, ladies first. And she's going to tell you a little bit about how we met and fell in love and
1: stuff. Okay. Um, so just a little bit about me. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. I uh, was born and raised there until I was 16 to a single mother who worked really hard. I uh, wasn't raised in the church. Uh, she was, but uh, I didn't go to church on a regular basis. I had a best friend whose grandfather was a pastor, and I spent some time with her at her church. And I was the only uh, white person there, if you will, I, they, but they loved me. I mean, I grew up just being one of the family in that church. And we'd spend, you know, when we'd go, it was like, you know, you take a potluck and you go to the church in the morning and you fellowship the rest of the day and then you stay for the evening service and the kids run around like crazy. Um, And so that's kind of, you know, what I kind of grew up with off and on as a child. And then um, we moved to Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, My mom's job moved us there. She hated Atlanta. (laughs) So she quickly left after I graduated. I stayed. Um, and then, uh, I was in a really, uh, terrible relationship. Um, Casey and I met at a time where we both were coming out of a terrible relationship relationships and we didn't want to be in another relationship. So we found uh, bonded, uh, as friends. I kind of hung out with the guys, uh, his roommates, uh, and I, we all just kind of worked at the same place in Atlanta. It was called Bennigan's. He calls it a bar. I say it's a restaurant. I think he just does that to I'm get at people. Judy in a bar. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so we met there and we hung out um, and uh, we just mm-hmm. kind of formed a relationship. And I remember um, just he's, he's always a gentleman, and I think everyone kind of sees that. What you see here on Sunday is how he always is, and it's kind of annoying sometimes. <laughs> 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 uh, but he doesn't go anywhere that he meets a stranger. You know, he always finds somebody to talk to, something interesting about the person that he's, uh, you know, uh, wanting to find out more about. Mm-hmm. And so when we started talking, I remember one of his friends coming to me at one point, and Casey was inside the apartment talking to this other girl who was flirting with him. And I remember him coming to me and going, Judy, if you really like Casey, you better step up because he's going to move on at some point. And I looked in the window and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, girl, you better <laughs> you better back up. because the, I think she the, said, oh, snap. <laughs> So, I, you know, I, uh, I went in, and, and we started talking, and I had had, a, a, like I said, a terrible relationship, one that I thought um, no one would ever love me after that. And um, and so um, <laughs> I brought these just in case. And so I remember talking to him, and uh, we were, we were going to break up. You know, I was like, I can't, he, he is too good for me, he's not going to want to be with me, saddled with all of my baggage, um, and so we broke up, I broke up with him, and this is before you had cell phones, you know, so you had, he had, he didn't even have a phone in his apartment, he had to go to the pay phone to call me, if you guys knew what it, whatever that, and so he called, I wouldn't take his calls, I wouldn't, and I remember passing him, and he comes back to, to the apartment where I was, he saw me, he comes back, he's mad, if you've ever seen him mad, Oh, my gosh, you better watch out. And so he was mad, and we talked, and we shared a lot of stuff, and uh, that's where we found our relationship as friends. I mean, uh, we just kind of started there. We didn't live a good um, life. We ended up moving in together. Uh, we, we did some things that we now, you know, would say, you know, I wish I would have done it differently. I wish I would have. It could have come to, and I'll be frank, you know, the the marriage bed you know, uh, pure and holy. I uh, wish I could have given him that, but I couldn't. Um, so I, um, you know, struggled with that for many years.
0: Can I say one thing? Mm-hmm. God makes everything pure. <laughs> Amen. Yeah.
1: And so we, I struggled with that a lot in our early marriage. Um, uh, as we started coming to the Lord, I ended up thinking, uh, oh my goodness, what have I done? You know, uh, I've done all these bad things and, and so I, I struggled with that as a young woman, um, and of course Casey suffered for that. Uh, for for those of you that are married, you know, you tend to have these um, things that you bring with you, and then your spouse has to, uh, to pick it up and, and run with you as well, or sometimes they don't and they leave, but he stuck with me. We ended up getting uh, pregnant pretty much on the honeymoon. People are counting like we were married in a fe- in February. Our daughter was born in December, and so people are always like, "Okay, okay, okay, you're good." Um, and so uh, we had her, and pretty much immediately, um, God had moved us from Atlanta to Florida after Casey graduated college, and we were in Florida without family, without friends. Um, just our coworkers, and I thought, I, you know, we need to go to church. You know, I want to raise my daughter in the church. You know, you always want something better for your child than you had or what you thought you had or what you think they need. And so that's kind of where we were, uh, and and uh, we started going to church. And so I'll let you bring us up to that
0: point. Yeah. Um, thank you, babe. I love you. You know that. Um, and this is, uh, you know, as we're talking about this this whole, I forgot, you know, like the the whole idea of the early church, you know, there were – individual families married single people all that kind of stuff and these these things that like we're supposed to like be our be a family and that's what we're talking about like the value of family today and that's why we're doing this and so man when i'm 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 listening to judy and some of these memories that come back back by you know i mean um man it it is it, it's one of those things like it there it is a it is an absolute miracle that that we belong to god at all i mean it really is it's like uh, I think I've told you guys, you know I struggle with uh, churchy people. I even picked on and persecuted uh, Christians, that kind of thing. So bringing that into the into the marriage was just, I mean, that's just what everybody else did. So when we started living together, sleeping together, that kind of thing, no big. That's what we did. All of our friends did. That's, you know. So I mean, when Judy comes to me and she says, "I think we ought to start going to church," I, I'm like, "Why?" You know have no concept of that she's like and it must have been you know and just listening to you now it must have been some of your the family feel that you got from your friend that was uh angela that was um as you were bringing up she goes i think we ought to just bring up morgan in the church i'm like well, that's my only day off you know and to be honest with you i just liked sleeping off my hangover i mean if we're gonna be real you know i mean i love you know i love the you know the the time away from work and that kind of thing it's my only day off blah 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 and, and so the only thing that she got me to go was because and this is why I love Kid City by the way she got me to go because she said well you know they'll watch Morgan for us you know Morgan was an awful kid man she's puking all the time and you know she's six months old and we're worn out frat you know fried out no family no no church family no anything like that and so when she said that, you know, they'll watch Morgan for us. Um, you know, my first question was, how much is it going to cost me? You know, i you know, Duh, McFly, right? And she said nothing. They'll just. I said, wait, wait, wait. All I got to do is take a bath on Sunday morning, show up at a church, listen to some guy talk, and we get a break for an hour from from our kid. Oh, I can do that, right? And that's what started off. And so, you know, as we're as we're going and, and our, you know, the company that I was working with moved us from place to place to place, and. You know, worked in the corporate world for a little while that kind of thing and um you know we finally got to kansas city and had been sort of the uh journeying from church to church to church as our as our company as the company i was working with moved us and uh man you know we, what i started to get the tug from the lord you know probably 15 years ago i started really diving in uh, to what it means so you know, we, we struggled for a long, long, long time without having any biblical foundation of what a family's supposed to be. So we're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. And, you know, we're talking about things like problems with intimacy, you know, that praise God. God's God's given us, you know, great victory over things like that. Things like just just hating one another, to be honest with you, in a lot of ways. Just being angry with one another. Um, that God is just, man, right now, and I know this sounds weird, but but God heals guys and he heals he healed us he healed our marriage he heals our household he heals our like like to go home now to a place where i want to go you know a place where i'm like man because it wasn't always that way for for either one of us it's like okay i'll go home and go to sleep you know this is where i gotta you know but but now I get to enjoy my wife. I get to enjoy family. I get to enjoy, and this is what what happens. And, and here's the thing: whether you're married or single, or it it doesn't guys. The peace doesn't come. It's not a matter of whether or not you're married that brings you peace. It's God that brings us peace. And once we submit to Him in everything we do, and 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 be in obedience to Him. That's what we call, that's why we just harp on what it means not to be a Christian, but to be a follower and someone who obeys jesus once that happens and we and, and it, it man when it happens around other people that are doing the same thing who man it's, it's a sweet sweet deal amen, amen. so it doesn't matter guys our, our marital status in fact paul even said man it might even best be best for you some of you not to be married and i understand that more and more because i think a time is coming where there's going to be you know severe persecution they may throw me in jail for you know for preaching something that is against the law now but is in the word right so i'm not afraid to do that but they're going for some like that's going to cross my mind what is judy going to do what you know so if that happens so i understand what he's talking about and in and in the early church that's what they were going through was severe persecution and they and they loved one another right and they had fellowship with one another and they i'm sure people thought they were crazy and stuff but but why wouldn't somebody think we're crazy right why? what what why doesn't somebody think we're crazy like why do they not look at judy and i and go you guys are bonkers man i mean you love each other too much that's just wrong right i mean you know it's like, like we were had a we were in nashville this past week at a discipleship conference and we don't go to things like that a whole lot so but we had one of the pastors actually you guys know matt miller and he just kind of stopped you know and just said you guys really like each other don't you I'm like, yes, you're all right, you know. <laughs> I mean, he just, he, he says, I love that. You know, we're just playing a game, you know, and just having a good time. Because she's, you know, she's my my wife, but my eternal sister, too, you know. So we're going to be hanging together for all of eternity. We might as well learn to, to enjoy each other's company. And that goes for all of us that are in the Lord. Amen? Mm-hmm. Amen. Um, let me see, what time are we doing on time? I think we've got a little bit of time. Can I... Um, have I gone through everything we need to go through? I don't We didn't really.
1: Well, you wanted me to touch on um, our, my relationship with Morgan a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that was yeah. one of
0: the, yeah, it was one of the, let me see oh. if I can find that, that, um, that, uh, wow, we got a lot of texts all of a sudden. You guys are awesome. Um, <laughs> hold on.
1: They're doing this in Shawnee, too, so we can't tell yeah, who's asking it, which question. So if you think we know who you are, we, we won't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let me see if I can get this in here. Okay. Okay. Um, Let's see. Wow.
1: While you're looking at that, I just want to mention gotcha. um, one of the things that when Casey and I got married, we came from broken homes, both of us. His parents have both been married. Um, they're on their third marriage, each, each of his uh, biological parents. And, um, you know, I grew up, like I said, with a single mom. And so when we got married, we said, uh, we've we got to stay committed to this. I mean, we want to prove the statistics wrong. Like, you know, you can't. You know, stay together because you didn't come from a home that was, uh, a ho- you know, home that was uh, together. And we said we kind of like pinky swear, like the only thing that could separate us is you know unfaithfulness. And um, uh, we kind of were like, okay, that's the. To me, that was like uh, trust was a big deal. And like if you ever said trust me, that was like nails on a chalkboard to <laughs> me. Um, and so we. Yeah, I didn't got quite get
0: that for a while. I was like you don't want to trust me, what's up? That's what.
1: <laughs> but uh, so we kind of talked about that and, and wanted to make sure that we knew where we stood at the beginning of the marriage, that no matter what, you're stuck with me, basically, and we'll get through it. And so it's probably in the been in the last five years that we've yeah. really um, been able to, to re-engage with each other and, and love each other.
0: Yeah, and we've been married 25, yeah. so 20 of those years were struggling through and you know we still are learning but 20 of those years are struggling through trying to mm-hmm. what does a godly marriage look like you know and so man, that's cool that's cool um yeah, one of the texts was um dang it this new iphone update is driving me crazy all right let's see um, one of the things said um what do you do when a child rejects the faith And uh, some of you guys know Morgan. Um, Morgan was a worship leader here with uh, Pete and is now a Westside family. Um, But I'm going to let Judy take this one because we went through that with her.
1: Um, So I don't know that she ever left the faith. Um, You know, it's like you raise your children the way they should go and and they'll, you know, they'll be okay. Um, And so uh, Morgan is our only child, our only daughter. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where you think, I don't want to be too strict because they'll go away or I'll be too strict. And, you know, and so there's never the it's 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 specific to the child. It's not you know, there's no right way. I think, you know, sometimes people think, okay, you can't dance, sing, go to movies. You can't or you let them have some freedom. And so we chose to allow Morgan to have some freedom. And then we teach her through those things that she didn't do well in high school. So we thought. We had done the right thing. Like I said, um, she uh, sang on the worship team. She um, loved the Lord. She exuded that at, at school, I think, a lot of times. Her friends would look to her for for help. You know, she was just a kind person. And um, uh, so we... One of the things that I didn't do, I didn't go to college right out of high school. So I always, you know, you always think you want to do the right thing for your kids. And the right thing for her to do is to go to college, experience college life, um, be in a sorority, do all those kind of things, right? And so we view- visited colleges. We sent her to, she wanted to go to the University of Arkansas. So she went there for a year and we were supportive, you know, and and showed up and went to football games and that type of thing and she uh went to the through the sorority process and decided that wasn't for her and you know and then we'd start start getting calls at midnight where she was stressed out, she was crying, she was miserable. And I'd always heard like, you know, they need to get through that first semester. So encourage her to go to the second semester. So I encourage her to go to the second semester and my heart is just aching for her, but I want her to have that experience. I want her to be able to experience um, life and and be on her own because I knew that we had done the right thing, right? And so she she made some bad decisions during that time and um, she came home. And so I hadn't talked to Casey about it at that time, but I was in a deep, deep depression. You know, your heart hurts for your kids and you don't know what to do for them, right? And so I'm I'm hurting. And I uh, was working at a place where I had my own office. So I'd get up during the day and shut my door, and I'd be on my face in my office crying because I didn't know what to do for her. And so it was at some point, probably about four to six months going through this, hadn't talked to Casey about it just because she said, Please don't tell dad. Please don't tell dad. And um, so I didn't. Um, and so I remember just couldn't eat, couldn't sleep, just deep, deep. For my, my child. And so it was at some point I was reading through the Bible and I was reading um, through uh, Genesis, and it came to the story of, of Adam and, or, uh, Abraham and his son, where he says, Take Isaac and sacrifice him, right? And uh, he gets up and he does, you know, he's gonna go do it. And at that point in my mind, and, and I talked to a friend about this a couple of years ago who went through the exact same thing that I was going through, and I said, you, Look, I had to get to the point where I could say, She's yours, God. I can't be with her every stinking day, of every hour. I'll be here for her, but I can't be with her every day. That's on you. And so I'm trusting that you're going you're gonna to take her and, and, and take care of her. And that meant, even through death, if she made bad decisions and he, she had to, to die for those decisions, and not that she was doing something that would cause her to die, but I had to come to the realization that if he took her, if she had to go home, I had to be okay with that. And so I worked through that. Um, Morgan ended up talking to Casey about the experience as well. And, uh, you know, it formed our bond even as a family unit even more because it wasn't like we were hiding that from Casey, but I wanted her to have that opportunity to tell him instead of, you know, him hearing it from me secondhand and then having to uh, deal with the anger and the frustration that he had to go through at that point. So I think God said, you can't both be down. Somebody's got to be able to help carry uh, the burden here. And um, so Casey walked with me, even though he didn't know what I was dealing with. And then Morgan was able to come home and share with him um, the things that, that she was going through. And again, I say, we all go through crap um, in our lives. And so when we come to church, we tend to you know, kind of fold it up really nice and neat. I did that with Morgan, and I wrote down this song because it came to mind. Uh, there's a Miranda Lambert song that says Mama's Broken Heart, you know, and if you've ever heard that song, it's always like um, you put on this great face, put your makeup on, look really pretty, and when you get home, then you can just cry your eyes out, and then nobody knows what, what's going on, and so that's the, what we were doing is we were saying, okay, I know you're hurting, and we're going to get through this. Don't Don't let... Everyone know your your business, your dirty laundry, and so that song just she, we laugh about it now every time it comes on. I'm like, yeah. She's like, that's that's my mom. So.
0: <laughs> Thank you, babe. Thank you. Yeah, and we um, you know, I was during the, one of the darkest periods of our time. Some of you guys know I I lost a lot of money in the real estate market, and that we lost a lot of money. But um, I was the one that was pretty much coordinating everything. So it seemed like you know losing a business, child's going through some stuff. My wife is you know f- you know out and all we can do is just just love one another you know and just love each other and love god um which is kind of the greatest commandment right so it's just sort of a like families have to and this is why a church family this is what what, when when they start calling themselves in the early church brother and sister and son and daughter in the faith and dad you know it's 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 important because like we're gonna not be married forever i mean a lot of people think well that's weird but you know when we go to heaven man like there's not going to be this thing. This is a a reflection of what what heaven is. But but ultimately, when we just give it all to God, and even our children, like you said, man, it's one of the hardest things to do um, in the world. But but Christ says my yoke my yoke is light, my burden is easy. My my yoke is light, right? And so He says, give me your cares, give me your problems, give me your concerns, give me your your crap, as as Judy so eloquently put it. <laughs> love that because that's what it is ain't no better word for it sometimes without uh cussing and i would get emails so um see here's one it says i come from a past where people have injured me horribly uh especially when i was vulnerable sometimes i wish i could live a live on a deserted island i think i felt that i think we've all felt like that so i have the most difficulty with the command love your neighbor how can i overcome this um Can I maybe talk that one? How can I overcome this? Um, I think that's, that may be the biggest issue is that, that question is, is how, how can I do this? How can I overcome this? What, what do I need to do? I'm reminded of when the rich young ruler comes to Jesus says, what do I need to do to be saved? And Jesus is looking at him like, it, it, it's not about what you do. Amen. You know, um the verse of isaiah that always sticks out to me is isaiah 66 he says i will show favor on those who are humble those who are submissive in spirit and tremble at my word and just like judy had to give our children to 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 god give our child to god like he she, he like morgan is yours god um this is also what we have to do um there, I mean, we we have counselors on staff. So if anybody needs to, I don't know if this is coming from here or Shawnee or from Facebook or whatever, but um, around the community somewhere. But you know, these we we actually do have counselors, uh, counselors on staff, on retainer, on staff that we have available to to anybody that's going through some stuff that they just need to work through. But the the first step is is like God, it's it's yours. This burden is yours. This addiction is yours this whatever so so when we start like giving that to him man like i mean he makes all things new so just like judy and i come to the marriage with baggage and pasts and all that kind of stuff it's like he makes everything new he makes everything pure he made our daughter pure you know he repurified her he continues to do so just like he does in in us and just like he does in you when we give him those things i mean these are you know um it, it, it's hard for me just to say, well, God's going to take care of everything. But that's really the answer. I mean, it really is. It just, it, it, but it takes time. Sometimes it's a, it's a simple answer, but it's not an easy one, if that makes sense. Right. Amen. Amen. Um, can I just say something? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and sometimes it's the, the focus, uh, you have to, you know, change the energy of where you're focusing there and, and maybe not look at how it, it hurt you, but how you can not hurt someone else the same way. A lot of times we see the the perpetual behavior exhibited well you that happened to me, so i'm going to treat those people the same way, and um, a lot of times it's just uh, reconditioning the way we think and not letting that own you, not letting that be who you are, not define you um, yeah we are we're fallen people, we hurt each other every stinking day, and one of the things that uh, that really bugs me is that. Um, a lot of times in families you will you will you know, be mad at your brother or sister your mom or dad, or whatever, but at the end of the day you 're still family uh, and yeah. in a church, what hap- tends to happen is you get mad at me, I get mad at you or whatever, and you pack up your toys and you go to another church and and basically what i 'm saying is we 're family if you 've committed to a body, and we work through those things you know we try to figure out how to not hurt each other and we need to be, a- be able to come together and say you said this, and this is what I heard. Yeah. And then I want to be able to have the opportunity to say, well, that's not what I, how I meant it. Let me rephrase it so I can make sense out of it. And so I'm just saying don't give up on each other um, in a relationship, in a family. If we're true family, we're going to fight. Let's just be honest. We're going to have differences of opinion. Well, they're good ones too. Well. <laughs> but at, at the end, we all say, hey, it's worth the fight. And most of the time, if someone on the outside says something about your brother or sister— that's when you get mad you know you might be mad at them but somebody else says something about them you're like wait you don't have that right to speak about my family and that's the way we need to be as a church too yeah,
0: yeah right on man okay let's see a couple more pete uh we, we okay i know we're running a little bit a little bit not too too long but a little bit can i answer two more maybe um we've had some really um some wild ones here um Oh, that's a different one. Something says I may not get a shower, but I, that's for Mitch. Okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> Mitch is a maniac. I love that dude. Um, let as a And these are totally, like, random, so I'm just picking them out. As a blended family, how do I parent when my ex has a totally different value system and expectations for my kids? Um, in, in in discipling and the way we make disciples is one of the things that we always say is that we can't control anybody else, including, including our kids, right? I mean, we can raise them the way we, you know, feel like God is asking us to raise us, but ultimately we can't control what they do that we can punish or discipline and that, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm not saying just hands off type stuff, but, um, but ultimately, man, you do what you do. Amen. I mean you you rely on what God says to do in his word you're you're um completely reliant on him you have his word in your heart and you raise your children accordingly um when somebody else these are these are maybe things that we communicate and we pray like crazy that the other quote unquote the other parent in the house uh, that's has influence over our kids um doesn't you know have them stray but ultimately, our children belong to God, and I, you know I know that sounds it's a, it's hard to answer questions like that. But but ultimately, Jesus is always the answer. I put sometimes I like to put five plus five equals Jesus because He's always the answer, right? It's just the way it goes. So. Uh,
1: and two, one of the things that comes up here for me is uh, uh, the wife in the family. A lot of times, the wife is probably the spiritual leader in the household. Sometimes, yeah. um, because it takes men, you know, a little bit longer to to come to to the submission of god but also the wife um submitting in the household um to the husband if he is a godly man and let's let's be real there even if he's not you know you sometimes you have to make it sound like it's their idea uh so you know you just kind of uh you know be the neck and move the head type of thing <laughs> but, my big fat greek
0: way that's great that's fantastic
1: <laughs> but you have to uh, women we have to submit uh, and if it's not something that's unbiblical in the sense that um that the husband is leading incorrectly, you're going to have to allow the husband to be the leader of the household. And sometimes as a strong woman, that's hard to do. You want to, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but you don't know. That's my kid. That's my, and uh, we don't have a broken family like that, but Casey comes from a broken household like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, you know, uh, just.
0: So you didn't grow up with an old daddy. I grew up with a bunch of them. (laughs) know
1: So, but yeah, just that submission—the um, the husband submitting to the father, and then the wife submitting to you know the husband, and ultimately the father yeah. as well.
0: And that's a uh, man. I think we're going to have to man. I'm I'm sorry we didn't get to more questions, um, but we will be answering more in the second service if anybody wants to to hang out, um, Pete and the crew. If you guys want to want to come up for a sec, but um, this is a this is um, an interesting thing. And in, in Ephesians five, I want to want to end it with this. And this is one of the most controversial passages in all the scripture but it starts off in verse 21 saying submit to one another out of reverence for christ so there are things that you know we need to make sure we're like loving and submissive to one another but it says wives submit to your husbands as to your own households as you do to the lord for the husband is the head of the wife as christ is the head of the church and the wife is the neck his body which which he is the savior now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. And everybody thinks this submission is sort of this, you're here and I'm here and I'm a boss and you're an employee. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with that. Because here's the thing. There are three verses for the wives and a whole bunch of verses for the dudes. So this is so funny because wives like, all the guys are like, amen and me like crazy right now, right? Except members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery. Listen, this is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. And so what Paul's saying to the church in Ephesus is like, listen, dudes, fellas, lead your families, be the example. I got a whole bunch of, like, we're broken. We're going to get a divorce. I mean, I got a bunch of those things, man. And I'm like, what would happen if we took divorce off the table? What would happen if it was illegal? What would we do? Right? I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't some times where there needs to be a separation and a divorce, especially in abuse situations. If I got a, you know, that's one of the things I needed to tell people. If somebody confessed to, Hey, I'm, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, I killed my neighbor or something like that. What do I do? I'm calling the cops. I say, here's a phone number, right? Um, figure it out because I don't know. Um, but maybe you can trace it or whatever. But, um, but here's the man. The, the thing is, there are 99 times out of 100, it's not a necessarily an abuse situation. Sometimes it is, but some a lot of times it's selfishness. A lot of times it's like, I want my wife to give me, I want my husband to give me, they're not completing me, they're not, do- and yet what if we looked at it the way God looks at it and says, well, well, what if you love that person, what if you serve that person, what if you, and that goes for single people, that goes for divorced people, that goes, that's just a. That's just a, an approach we have to, to people, it says the greatest commandments are to love God with everything you have and to love your neighbor as yourself. It's God, it's other people as yourself. And if we do that in our marriage, in our life, in our work, and man, what a great, wonderful world it would be. Amen. 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 Father, we love you. And I thank you for my wife. I thank you ultimately, Lord, that, that you are the one that set up marriage and that we have both grown because of our stubbornness over time. To just honor you and what we do, man, it's scary, God. To think what what would a life be like without you? And a lot of people in here are living that life, God. Like we're, you may even say we're Christians, but we won't even submit to other people who want to help us grow in you. Like we want to, we want an, an answer. That only you provide because you are the answer. We want to know how to overcome problems and os- obstacles in our marriages, in our families, in our singleness, in our, in our status of any kind, in our money. And in, man, God, it's you. It's you that does it. And I can speak to it, God, because I've seen it happen in my life. And it's taken me, probably your chief knucklehead in this place, a couple of decades to, to start submitting. And you had to put us through a bunch, Lord. You had to allow a lot of things in our lives, Lord. But, but ultimately, you are the victory. We praise you that, and it sounds weird, but we praise you that in 100 years or so, we're all going to be dead. Our bodies are going to be gone, but we're going to be in you if we're in you. And so my prayer is, Lord, that we start submitting everything to you and abiding in you. Our marital status, our bank accounts, your money, all that stuff, God. The problems and the stresses of the world, Lord, there may we lay them at your feet. Father, it's in your son's amazing and beautiful, awesome, glorious name. All New City Church in the house said...